HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to customers, shift your business, and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash beer sessions. HRN is offering complimentary business memberships to 50 Black, Indigenous, People of Color-owned food businesses this summer. The deadline to apply is July 31st. Each business membership of $500 value is an advertising opportunity that will allow businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 to connect with HRN's listening community and promote their work. To apply and review the terms and conditions, go to heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're recording here Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host. Check us out at heritageradionetwork.org. There's been a lot of um, very supportive and hopeful beer projects that have been going on this year, uh, COVID and and, and other um, things that have really popped up and made us all think a little more about life. Um, The one that seems to be the most popular and Maybe some of the, the, the deepest meaning is the Black is Beautiful beer project. We have the creator of that, Mr. Marcus Baskerville, who's a co-founder and brewer at Weathered Souls Brewery in San Antonio, Texas. And I think we're going to dedicate a little bit the introduction to uh, letting Marcus tell us about him. Marcus, uh, like, like many people, we always want to know how you got interested in beer. Your, your title is Mad Scientist at Weathered Souls um, just give us a little backstory on, on what brought you to, to here. Yeah, um, how I got into beer was uh, from my cousin and older brother. Uh, basically, they were introduced to it. Um, I think I was maybe like around 22, 23. Um, and then basically, you know, they ended up taking me out. Uh, you know, Sacramento, uh, Northern California pretty much has a, a very prominent uh, beer scene. And even back then, it had a pretty decent one. Um, so kind of got into beer early. And then from there, branched out a little bit into like, um, 
you know, visiting more breweries, uh, trying to interact with brewers, different stuff like that to learn about the processes, learn about the breweries itself. Um, and then from there, my brother had got like a Mr. Beer kit for uh, Christmas for my sister. And he ended up brewing a Mr. Beer kit and the beer came out horrible. So then <laughs> being the uh, competitive person that I am, it was like, well, I could brew a better beer than you. And then that's when I went down the rabbit hole of home brewing. Um, so I moved to San Antonio seven years ago, taking a promotion from uh, Citibank, uh, dealing with fraud management, and uh, basically was home brewing at the time and homebrewed for a few years until I got confident in the product that well, about two years, actually, in the product that, um, you know, I felt like other people could try it. So then from there, I started bringing the beer to like bars and uh, different little breweries, to let people sample stuff and ended up uh, getting a job as an assistant brewer at another local brewery. Uh, from there, um, kind of learned, you know, what not to do and uh, kind of grew unhappy because I couldn't get like creative and uh, implement my own vibe into the beers. Uh, so in the process of that, ended up meeting my uh, business partner, Mike. Uh, we used to go out and drink and have a couple of beers at some of the local scenes. And so one day I asked Mike, I said, uh, when are we going to open a brewery? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. And I think we started working on the business plan two days later. Wow, that's great, man. And here you are. You know, um, what are some of the favorite beers that, that you've made at Weathered Souls b before this project? Uh, my favorites would probably be our West Coast IPA is my favorite. Uh, just everyday, uh, super uh, simple West Coast with uh, Mosaic, Simcoe, and Amarillo. Um, outside of that, like the more specialty stuff would probably be our base cavernous recipe, which is our uh, Imperial Stout. And then um, the other one would be a recent beer that we just released a few weeks ago, which would be a barrel-aged American barley wine that we did. That sounds great. Uh, being in San Antonio, are there any local ingredients that you use? And, and what's some of the flavor of San Antonio that, that you incorporate into your brewery? Um, so we've done a couple of things uh, San Antonio-oriented. Uh, you know, we have a margarita series. Uh, you know, uh, San Antonio has a very uh, prominent Hispanic culture here. Um, but being that I'm not Hispanic, I don't dive too far into it. Uh, so there's just a few little things that we do. Um, I just try to stick to making a good beer and, and quality styles that I know people are going to enjoy. Um, but there are some local breweries that do, um, you know, that are Mexican owned and, and go the more, uh, Hispanic route of, uh, some of the beers that they create. Like, uh, Vienna lagers or, or. What what other beers? So we have a Vienna Lager. Yeah, I mean, we have a Mexican Lager on tap, Dale, which is one of our more popular uh, core beers. Uh, that's been actually quite a, well, pre-COVID and quite a bit of restaurants and bars. Um, but no, like, uh, there's a local brewery coming out with a beer that tastes like Big Red. So, you know, different little things like that, um, that implement some more of that, like, actual San Antonio culture into it. Um you know, we try to implement more of the local San Antonio scene into some of the uh, things that we do as far as uh, collaborations with local businesses and things of that sort. Uh, but as far as the stylistic aspects of our brewery, um, it's more so, um, 
you know, traditional styles. We do a lot of the uh, heavy adjuncted imperial stouts and uh, a lot of barrel-aged stuff. Wow, so if, if I wanted to come to San Antonio, uh, if there are festivals in the future, are there any festivals, are there certain neighborhoods that I should go to to check out uh, breweries or, or bars? Uh, so San Antonio, the breweries are pretty spread out. So like me, for instance, uh, I'm two exits away from the airport. Then there's a decent amount of breweries that are in the downtown south side area. Uh, then there's, you know, breweries on the north side. So it's a pretty spread out experience if you want to kind of check out the, the blunt of the breweries here. Well, that's great. Well, let's cut to the chase. Um, this project, uh, Black is Beautiful Beer, um, how, what was the inception of that? How did you get it to be so big? And also, how did you pick that style? Um, so the inception was uh, basically, what was that? the weekend of May 29th, 30th, um, I was a little bit disappointed in myself for not participating in the uh, protests. Um, As a very proud black man, as somebody that's raising two black daughters, um, you know, you have, you look at some of the situations that have occurred, you look at things that have happened in your life, and uh, you want to try to make a difference. And so, originally, I was actually just going to brew just a standard uh, stout, uh, with the recipe that was presented, uh, release a Black is a Beautiful beer just at our brewery, and then go from there, uh, donating some funds. Um, but then um, I was discussing it with uh, Jeff from Jester King, and had sent them the label, and he basically challenged me to take it a step further. So then I was like, you know what, Jeff, that's an excellent idea. Let's go ahead and uh, implement this into... Um, you know, a collaboration and see where it goes. Um, So the next 24 hours, I basically um, went ahead and came up with this initiative, Uh, started off with a mission statement. I was texting uh, my brother and one of his uh, good friends, um, you know, back and forth as far as the mission statement, getting the message across, and then um, basically tried to go to bed, couldn't sleep and stayed up and ended up going to the brewery about three o'clock in the morning and wrote the initiative, presented it to my business partner, my uh, bar manager and sales manager, and basically told them, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to launch this today. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I mean, so the, the conception to actual fruition of the uh, initiative was about 24 hours. Well, it became very powerful. I mean, did you expect it to, was it over 900 breweries have made a beer now? Yeah, so we're over 950 plus breweries and, you know, it's not over. Hopefully, you know, uh, some more breweries get involved as uh, the production schedules allow it, as the message continues to get out. I mean, we have over 8,000 breweries, I think, in the United States, so we definitely should see some more get involved. Uh, but to answer your question, no, I did not expect for it to get this far <laughs> in the slightest. I think originally when I had uh, spoke to my business partner, I told him, I said, oh, we might see about 200, 250 breweries get involved. And then after the first 24 hours, we surpassed 200 breweries. And then I was like, OK, uh, I need to reset my my goal. So my goal after that was 900 
because uh, I said, you know what, we're going to set it high. So we surpassed that. So hopefully we can continue to grow. Some other businesses and from other industries have started to contact us wanting to uh, show involvement. Like I got an email from Yeti today wanting to get involved. Um, so hopefully, you know, the initiative ends up branching into other industries and other businesses and, and we can see, continue to see this uh, branch out even further. I'll tell you, in the barbecue scene, those Yeti coolers are very popular. <laughs> and, the, and the beer scene, too. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Let's, we're going to go through the other guests now and talk about the project. Uh, let's first, uh, Jesse Ferguson. Jesse, introduce yourself and tell us, um, you know, how you got involved in the Blackest Beautiful Beer Project. Um, hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Um, long time no speak. Uh, great, great to hear your voice, brother. Yeah, no doubt, man. This has been a really, this has been a really crazy few months. Um, my name is Jesse Ferguson. I'm the uh, founder and brewmaster and distiller at Innerboro Spirits and Ales in Brooklyn, New York. Um, yeah, like it, 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 it's been a really, it's been a really wild ride since they did the on-premise shutdown and COVID hit and. Um, you know, when after the George Floyd murder and the um, uprisings that began, you know, it, it was really, you know, we we were just trying to figure out as as a as a, a brewery how we could somehow put ourselves, you know, into the positive side of the message. And and um, when as soon as we saw the Black is Beautiful project sort of it, it had come up, it it was like, all right, well, this is, this is cool. This is a no brainer. Um, it's a way to do something, you know, as a, as a really, you know, we're a pretty small brewery and there's not a lot we can do in terms of actual funds because we, yeah, we'll, we'll raise some money and, and we'll, you know, we'll do a dollar or, or, uh, per four pack or 10%, um, of the overall funds, but it really doesn't amount to all that much. But where we, where we saw that it has a positive, a real positive opportunity is awareness and, um, you know the 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 brewing scene i think lamentably is is a little bit homogenous um and uh and you know and frankly just pretty white and so it you know i think that being able to try and sped, spread the message to be more inclusive to more communities has always been something that we've tried to do at Innerboro. and so you know marcus your project really right away we were we were eager to get on board um we had just finished up doing the all in together with the the other half one and it had gotten just so much positive um you know community building that that this just made a ton of sense um and so uh we we brewed a beer we're not exactly sure when it's going to come out at this point <laughs> because uh we we put a bunch of chocolate nibs cocoa nibs in it and uh we're we're letting it condition now for a little bit plus it's pretty high on the alcohol side so we're trying to let it mellow out no, it's great. And Jesse, it's pretty it's pretty wild that in another time without COVID, these probably would have been really cool beer festivals, right? I mean, an all-together beer festival, a Black is Beautiful beer festival. Yeah, can you imagine if everybody got to come together and pour their beers all together and, and, and everybody, and, and you know, because then you could even, it'd be just so much more awareness too, to have everybody, you could have speakers and you could have music and, you, you know, that would be, that would be really phenomenal. And then in terms of your recipe, so you... Tell us how you work with the with uh, Marcus's recipe. Was there anything you changed? You know, you mentioned some additions. Yeah, so 
it was interesting because I'm a big fan of the American style stout, and it's not it, it's not a hu- it's not a hugely popular style. I, I, and I call it Amer- Marcus. I'm, I say American style stout just because you've got a, a decent hop charge in there, and I feel like most of what people are doing on the imperial stout side at this point, since everybody's leaning so far into the pastry stouts, that there's like. I don't even know if they put hops in some of these beers, you know? Um, and so I was I was really excited to see that it had a good, decent, you know, I, I love making stouts with Cascade or Chinook or Columbus, you know, stuff that's, those sea hops, that, those were the stouts that I, as a home brewer, I was making. Um, and so we were really excited about that. And so we basically followed the the recipe more or less i think we might have put a little more oats in um and then hopped it and then but then we we were all in the middle of working on a collaboration with a local chocolatier um and he has these incredible nibs and i kind of just it just sort of i kind of caught a little bit of inspiration and we decided to get a whole bunch of you know super fresh roasted cocoa nibs and um and add that to the beer to you know just give it a little bit of um it's not sweetness at all but you know the nice chocolate aroma and, and highlight accent the, the chocolate flavors that's great jesse now let's get uh, alisa from uh, rhythm brew in new haven connecticut tell us how i think the other part of the show is uh creating awareness of you know black owned businesses because you know craft beer is it's very white you know identity you know um so Part of this process has been meeting more people of color in the industry. So just tell us how you got involved, why you wanted to open a brewery, and 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 more about the identity of your brewery. Hey guys, Elisa here, aka Lady Lager. I became very interested in craft brewing about five years ago when I was uh, at a Cape Cod beer festival. And I noticed a couple of things uh, at the festival. Um, number one, not a lot of women there. And if they were there, uh, they were with their, their husbands or boyfriends and they would be kind of like being dragged along for the beer ride. Um, also noticed that there were absolutely no people of color there. Um, I was in Cape Cod, so I didn't really expect, you know, a lot of folks of color. Um, and number three, I, you know, my palate loves lagers and I was just, you know, there was tons of beers there, good beers, but nothing was really hitting the palate at, at that point. And, uh, so, you know, we, we enjoyed the festival. I didn't get my fill. My, my husband got his fill of beer that day. And, uh, on the ride home, you know, he just said, why are you so quiet? And I basically told him, I said, you know, I said, I'm going to make my own beer. And, um, I'm like, I'm going to make a lager. And that was five years ago. And I, I drove head first into the beer industry. I, I researched it and uh, just really found that there were not a lot of uh, people of color representing this craft beer industry. And that really just motivated me even more to really seek out, you know, where, what do I want to do with this? And so, you know, three, three and a half, four years of research uh, launched in 2018. And we, ended up, you know, just really coming out with this 
this beer project that we said, you know what, we're I need to I need to diversify the industry. There needs to be more inclusion. Uh, definitely needed to be more loggers, and it was just basically getting that ball rolling for uh, folks to be more committed to diversifying and being more inclusive in the beer industry. I just, you know, it became a mission. It really became a mission. And uh, that's why I'm so excited about the the Black is Beautiful initiative, because it is about humanity. It's about bringing people together through beer and, uh, you know, just just really connecting that divide um, of that that underserved market that, you know, we know is out there. That's great, Elisa. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you coming on. Okay. So, and Matt Tanaka, one more guest, uh, Matt, um, you're a designer, you know, design means a lot in, in every field. Um, your altogether beer design was really special. Tell us about how you got involved in that and, um, some of the other projects that you work on related to beer. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Matt, I run Style Collective. So we're a a branding, design, and marketing studio for the beer industry, as you said. So we we work specifically with the beer world. So the Altogether project originally started uh, other half in Brooklyn, New York, are one our clients of ours and good friends. And as the shutdown started to happen, we were having conversations about what we could do to support you know our our industry friends that were closing their bars and restaurants and tap rooms, and also support. The restaurant workers that were uh, on furlough were forced to be without pay, which we know is a very difficult thing to do in an industry like ours. Uh, and this idea to to put up a recipe, sort of inspired by Sierra Nevada's uh, resilience project from a couple of years previous, to make that recipe and label open source and call it an international collaboration, and then just open it up. And we tried to to create it in a way that would allow for uh, a beer that would be low impact on somebody to brew so that somebody, regardless of where they were financially at the moment, could make the beer with lowest cost possible and then use that beer release to, one, support themselves through a really tough time, and two, raise some money for uh, the, the hospitality workers in their individual communities. And we, you know, we weren't exactly sure how it was going to go, but we sort of put it up and put it out into the world and then just kind of watched it kind of explode. I think it was, it was really inspiring to see so many people in a really tough time in their own businesses and lives, take the initiative and risk to do something like this to help some people out. We'll be taking a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This episode is brought to you by Square. You might know Square from their little white card readers, but Square has a lot more tools that can help businesses, especially now that they're having to figure out how to safely reopen and make things work in this new normal. So many are stepping up to the challenge, like Fifth Hammer Brewing in Long Island City. To adapt, Fifth Hammer's co-owner Mary Izette created a Square online store so customers could browse available beers, build an order, and safely pick up cans from the taproom. I was able to set up our online store within 24 hours of moving to a to-go model. The Square online store allowed Fifth Hammer to keep beer production going, serve their local customers, and retain employees. 
It's also very easy to train your staff on. They will be able to receive, fulfill, and provide your customers with a contactless pickup in no time. If you're a business owner, Square wants you to know it has tools that can help you shift your business, like Fifth Hammer is doing. No matter if you're brewing beer, baking bread, or mixing to-go cocktails, you can start taking online orders in minutes with pickup and delivery. And if you're selling in person, Square can help you accept contactless payments. All these tools work together, and they're all in one place. You just need a Square account to get started. See all the ways Square can help your business right now by visiting square.com slash go slash beer sessions. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's that time of year, summer membership drive. Support us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. I want to go back to, to Marcus. Um, how do you think that your project, like, what, do you hope to, what, what do you hope to do in terms of awareness do you want to raise? You know, are, are there goals other than money? You know, wh- where do you think this needs to go? And it seems like that needs to go a lot further than it has already. Money is only one part of it, right? Um, so, you know, obviously raising money for your local community and supporting is very important and a very important aspect of the initiative in itself. Uh, but what the overall goal is, is to raise awareness, build, build communication and dialogue, but also to go ahead and dedicate yourself to the long-term uh, goal um so what we basically want is these breweries to set and even other industries businesses to set basically achievable goals um within their own realms to support equalities to support inclusion um you know all these things are very important so at the end of the day you know we release the beer the beer disappears after everybody's tried it so where do you go from there so we obviously don't want that message to get lost uh once the beer is gone um, so it's more so about the overall goals of what you're going to achieve past when the beer is gone. So we're looking at breweries that have already implementing uh, equality programs into their brewery, uh, implementing um, internships and different things like that. So as we continue to see that type of thing grow, to continue to see these people implement these different type of changes that they typically wouldn't do beforehand, um, that's what the overall mission of what this initiative is. Great. And Jesse, you guys, um, just t- tell me your feelings on it, because I know you're, you're passionate about a lot of things in different cultures. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we're, uh, we, we, we take a lot of our inspiration from black culture and, 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 and specifically hip hop music, um, you know, be, because of, primarily I'd say because of my background, but also we um, in the music industry, um, sort of where a lot of it started. And then we've been, you know, we were lucky enough while we could still host people at the brewery to be hosting events um, that highlighted, you know, I mean, hip hop, to me, it's, 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 there's not been a lot or enough done to, to really bring in, um, people of color to, the craft beer scene I, it's it's growing i mean being in new york city we see it it's growing so much it's super cool to see just like everybody getting involved and and, and getting into flavor it's totally 100 percent universal but i mean one of the anecdotes i often go back to is um 
the, the guys who put together Mass Appeal, they made a, a book called, uh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's like what white people like or what, 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 you know, what white people do. And like one of the, on one of the pages and one of the lists, it's like what white people want to own a brewery, right? You know, like it's, it's very stereotypical. Um, and, you know, when I got into brewing, it was like everywhere you went, it was all like dudes listening to Fish and Grateful Dead. And, and you know, and, and, and I was like, hey, let's, you know, let's bring hip hop into this. But, um, it, you know, I think it's 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 about trying to to speak to people with flavor. Right. That, that like the flavor is 100 percent universal and there's nothing exclusive exclusionary about it. And there shouldn't be anything that's exclusion that's going to make people feel excluded. And so like making beer to that, that, you know, the black community, the Latino community, Asian community can, can, can approach. I think that's what's important, right? Is that you're saying like, this is for, this isn't just for, you know, beer geeks. This is for everybody, you know, or, or even more importantly, like this project, I think Marcus really says like, this is for you. You know what I mean? Like this is for black people. Like that's what this is about. And so in there, in that sense, it's kind of a, it's an it's a greeting, right? It's a it's a way to say like, hey, the, all these people making this craft beer, they're not they, they want everybody to be involved. You know what I mean? They want everybody to enjoy it. We want everybody to enjoy the products and and and, and also don't agree with white supremacy or um, you know, it, you know, just keeping people down in any way. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that that we're still having these conversations but you know it's it's necessary and um Marcus you, you jump in man it's 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 your show it's 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 your project so you just talk brother <laughs> yeah i mean so overall you know dealing with the initiative um we know that the craft beer industry isn't that demographic in the sense of actual uh black people minorities people of color different things like that being in the actual industry within itself, right? But I will say that based off of even how the initiative is going with 900 plus breweries involved, that we know that the industry itself is inclusive. But where the issue lies is over the years, the lack of marketing, the lack of advertisement, um, you know, uh, dealing with other systematic issues that, other people of color face depending on where they're at and dealing with how they're trying to open. Um, so we know all these things happen as well. So what this is initiative among other things is to bring light to that. Um, as far as the initiative within itself wasn't necessarily directed uh, as far as the brewing industry needing change. This is bigger than that, right? Um, so this is dealing with everything that is going on. Um, you know, I'll could basically worldwide at this point. We look at the murders that have happened, the systematic racism, racism that still happens. I mean, you look at some of the comments that you see on Facebook, online, um, just into regards of the divisiveness that is occurring in our nation right now. Um, even my own experiences growing up, um, being racially profiled and different things like that, that has all played an effect. Um, so basically, you know, beer has given me a platform to address this. And so that's more so what this initiative is uh, about. 
um, you know, bringing the the color, uh, the hues, the shades, you know, just the overall blackness of the people that are in America that are around. Um, and I mean, you know, you look at the beer scene and as many people that, again, do play hip hop and use black references and different things like that for their um, for their beer names and however else you go down the line, you know, you have to, it's always that saying, you know, um, everybody wants to be black until, until, uh, it's important to be basically. And so, you know, you're, you're raising this awareness and bringing this out just to let everybody know that everybody deserves equality. Everybody deserves inclusion. Everybody deserves to be respected. And that's what the most important thing about this is. That's great. Let, let's talk about the, uh, the actual style of beer. So uh, an American stout, uh, it's it's summertime. Um, did you have to consider other styles of beer like black lagers, or you just right away you're a stout guy? No. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the you know we're known for our stouts. We've gotten top thirty three stouts in the world. Uh, you know, um, a lot of people call us the Stout Kings of Texas. Like you know, we're that's what we're known for. So it was automatic in the thought process, especially dealing with the different hue colors of stouts and how, um, you know, they can range anywhere from the like light, dark chocolate brown to the deepest blackest of black. And so it just related within the entire message. And so it was kind of a no brainer to go with a stout. And how many of these of the blackest beautiful beers have you tried? Are people sending them to you or? So I got my first package of Black is Beautiful beer today, and that was from uh, Mumford Brewing. Um, so I'll actually be checking that out later tonight. Yeah. And what, have you seen, what are some of the coolest uh, recipes? I mean, are people putting figs in, different fruits? So my favorite so far has been the answers. Um, and I don't think they have announced exactly what is in it, so I don't want to say. But I was part of that. I was part of the the text conversation of uh, figuring out the ingredients that they were going to use for it, and I think that's been my favorite combination. Uh, just creativity, thought process so far. Do most people who are making the project do they reach out to you and 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 check in with you? Um, a lot of uh, people have, yeah, um, just to show their support, um, offer any assistance um, if there's anything that they can do beyond the project. Um, a couple people have reached out about doing collabs and different things like that. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, you look at the the industry, right? We have 950 plus people that are involved in this initiative. You can't say that about any other industry in the world, like to have 900 plus businesses involve themselves in one initiative, you know, that's supporting equality, uh, inclusion, supporting black people. Like you just don't see that anywhere. And so to basically look at this, I mean, the brewing industry is one of a kind. Yeah, no, maybe that'll help everybody vote this year. (laughs) You know, there's always that saying about you want to vote for someone that you drink a beer with. Maybe you have to, the candidates should be drinking black as beautiful beer. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't a political issue at all. Like, uh, raising this awareness doesn't have anything to do with politics whatsoever. Um, you know, this is a humanity issue. This is something that's been going on for hundreds upon hundreds of years before we had our established government, before there was Republicans and Democrats. So, I mean, you look at this and it, it, it goes way beyond that at this point, And that's why this is so important. Yeah, Jesse. Uh, about the style of beer. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I always have something good to say. Well, 
Um, we definitely, uh, Marcus, I, I would say, we were like, oh, man, it's the middle of July. It's, <laughs> we, we're going to make a stout. Um, and so, I, you know, but I think I can see already that, uh, um, you know, people are getting excited. Like, I'm already seeing people on um, Instagram asking other breweries, like, you know, like, hey, wait, wait, wait I thought it was going to come out already. Like, you know, um, and I think people are getting excited about it. Uh, I think it's going to end up being one of those uh, social media phenomenons in the sense that you're going to get people who are going to post, all right, look, I got these three, you know what I mean? And they're going to post three different breweries. I mean, that's what we've seen with the all together. Matt, I'm sure you've seen that going around too, but it, it, the awareness side of it is that people get to say, it gives people who are beer drinkers an opportunity to say, Hey, look, I, I support this. And in, and in that they're signifying to their friends and followers or whatever, that, that, that this is something they believe in. And I think that that is what's super important about um, these, these initiatives is that it's like, it's a way for people who, to, to, to signify to the world that what they're about, you know? And, and I think that it's, it's, you know, it's beer. It's not, it's nothing complex. It's not complicated. It's just beer, you know? But people love to post on the internet about what beer they're drinking. There's a whole segment of the population that that's what they do with their social media accounts is post what they're drinking. And so infusing this, this like Marcus said, humanities issue, right? It's not politics. It's, it's, it's like justice into beer is a way to let people signify like, look, this is something I'm down with, you know? And I think that's what's awesome about it. That's pretty powerful, guys. It's not politics. It's justice. Uh, let's get Matt and Matt... Um since you, you've been involved in a lot with a lot of different breweries, um, any other feedback on this project? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of great things have been said. I think one of the things that is the most uh, interesting or compelling or powerful about this project is that third point in the asks that Marcus mentioned earlier. So, you know, the to be included in the project, there's there's three things that he asked for. Is one, it's donating 100% of the beer's proceeds. Two, to choose each brewery's own entity to donate so that it can support local organizations. And then the third is that commitment to the long-term work, which, you know, Marcus talked about, but I think that's, what's so powerful about this because, you know, a lot of people, you know, as, as we've talked about, the beer industry is a pretty white dominated space. There are a lot of reasons for that, but it's historic. Um, and so a lot of people, I think, have been having these racial awakenings, maybe for the first time, and sort of looking around at the industry and suddenly realizing that less than 1% of the beer industry uh, is represented by Black-owned breweries. And for any minority-owned breweries above that is is not much larger. And suddenly looking for something to do and seeing the way that our industry has been reflective of that. And this project, while it offers sort of the first step into that, has this added power of the long-term work, right? Like it's saying, all right, we making this beer is making a powerful statement. It's raising some money. And it's saying to your audience on your social media accounts and your email lists and in your tap rooms and to-go sales that you support the Black Lives Matter movement, you support all of these things that maybe is more or less controversial regardless of the community that, that you're in. And that's the first step. So having that be the first step 
to the long-term work is what I think is so compelling and powerful about this. And that's something that, you know, Marcus has done a, a really good job of setting up, but it's going to be interesting to see where this goes, you know, over the next six months, over the next year, over the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Marcus, do you think that it could just keep going for years and years and years? Oh, well, that's the plan. I mean, inequality is not going anywhere. Racism's not going anywhere anytime soon. We've already seen that. So, uh, dealing with this overall initiative and what we're trying to do, uh, we're hoping that this continues beyond that. I know a lot of breweries are even doing barrel aged beers so they can release something next year. Uh, the liquor industry is getting involved. Um, you know, uh, I have a call with, uh, at the end of the month with, um, ABM Bev dealing with, uh, some diversity stuff. Um, you know, the Texas Brewers Guild is trying to implement a diversity committee. So you look at all these instances of people trying to make changes within the realms that they're given. And so obviously we hope that this continues for years to come and hopefully this initiative becomes something that continues well beyond. Wow, man. It's, uh, this is a lot bigger than beer, and I want to thank you for for sharing that with me. Are there other organizations that you support that that you believe in that that we should know about? Um, well, obviously, you know, any local organization that's supporting equality and inclusion is going to be something I support. Um, dealing with uh, who we're making our donations to, we're going with the uh, Hundred Black Men of San Antonio. Uh, which is basically a mentorship for young black males. And then also the Know Your Rights camp uh, that was led by Kaepernick. So, you know, any anyone, and this is why we went ahead and structured, uh, you know, the donations the way that we did. I mean, we have so many breweries that are being involved in this initiative. It's always best to go ahead and, and spread that love uh, as much as you can. And so you're donating these more monies to your local organizations, local foundations, local charities, and that's going to help the people that are directly involved with you directly, the people that directly purchase your beer and, and even individuals that might not even have known about your brewery. Um, so always say support local. That's great. Um, well, it's pretty heavy show and I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I always feel like I'm out of my element, but I also know that my heart's in it, but I do feel that, what's happened in the last month is that most of us need to rethink, you know, how, how we're interacting with the issue of race. Um, I think that we all got very comfortable when um, Barack Obama became president. And I think we realized that it's pretty scary out there. There's a lot of people that, that if anything, that made them show their true colors more than you'd ever think. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to have the final word today. I'm going to go back to Marcus. Marcus, I think you've taught us a lot. This It's one thing about these type of projects. Um, do you feel that anything's different because of COVID? Do you think that this might have been, this energy might have gone to beer festivals or some other type of you know, outlet? Um, because these collaboration projects seem to be new because of COVID. Um, I think that um, dealing with you know, uh, like the other half initiative, the all together initiative. I mean, that was a directly an effect of COVID, uh, dealing with the resilience initiative that was direct, uh, response to the fires that went on in California. Um, this would have happened regardless because COVID didn't have anything to do with George Floyd being murdered. 
COVID didn't have anything to do with Breonna Taylor being murdered. Uh, you know, COVID didn't have anything to do with the, the racial profiling that I've been affected with in my lifetime. So this is something that's been building for a long time, and it's something that probably should have happened uh, years ago. Um, so obviously, as COVID ends, we do want to expand on this, and maybe it will turn into a beer festival or even, you know, something bigger than that. I guess uh, time will tell, depending on, you know, how how things go and uh, when we get to open back up. That's great, man. All right, guys, I want to thank you all for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, I'm Jimmy Carboni. Big thanks to our producer, Dylan Hoyer and Matt Patterson. Uh, we've got Marcus from Weathered Souls Brewing, Jesse Ferguson from Interborough. We had Alyssa Bowen Mercado from Rhythm Brew and uh, Matt Tanaka from Stout Collective. Guys, thanks for joining me. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio is supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.